welcome back to Till Death Do Us podcast, a podcast about marriage, murder, with the Murrays. I'm Michelle Murray. I'm Matt Murray. You, had, you really hit the commas there. Did I? Yeah. I was... was pausing. I was putting a little like oomph yeah. in there. You were like, marriage, murder, and the Murrays. Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. Thanks. I dug it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> It had a good flow to it. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, I was just trying to... Um, sometimes I feel like I'm maybe a little too peppy uh, in the beginning for a murder podcast. So you want to take it down? Yeah, so I just needed to, like, you know, put a, a different tone on it today. Yeah. Okay. Um, did just... did j- Was just the slight <laughs> extra more separation of the words? Well, it made you notice it, it so... Did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. So it must have been something, right? Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What's up? How are you? How was your day? Doing pretty good. Yeah. It's Memorial Day. Happy Happy Memorial Day. It is Happy Memorial Day. Thank you to all of those um, who have served out there. Yeah. We appreciate you. We do. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have uh, the day off, even though just, I mean, we really couldn't do anything. Yeah, no. I actually worked, but I like working on uh, days like this because I get time and a half, and it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday was the baby's second birthday. It was. Our baby's two. Yeah. It's going to be unforgettable. I don't think we'll ever forget. Uh, quarantine birthday. Quarantine birthday. Yeah. It was very weird. Super weird. Um, we made it as special as we could, though. You yeah. Know, do what you can. He. The thing is, he, he's too, he won't Yeah, remember. he literally has no idea. Yeah. It, it won't matter. No. Yeah. He was like, I got to eat frosting yeah, off of a cupcake me, with my fingers and they give me a motorized car yeah <laughs> at two <laughs> i was telling somebody about that today and i was like yeah um i think he really liked the car but like his face was stoic the whole entire time like he doesn't smile <laughs> like i swear to god he's having a really good time but he's very serious i wonder where he gets that from what are you trying to say huh <laughs> Is it me? Yeah. I don't know. He's got your eyebrows, man. He definitely Ooh. has my angry eyebrows. That's there. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a, He's got a glare. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a good day. Good yeah. day. It's been fun. Yeah. Hope you're all having good days. Good Memorial weekends. Yeah. Even if you can't be doing your usual Memorial Day weekend stuff. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, my buddy uh, just bought a house. Yeah. And he was saying how sad it is that he couldn't have everybody down yeah for memorial day weekend just to like come check out the new house and everything yeah that super sucks yeah he'll have to throw like a fucking early 2000s rager when this is all over (laughs) yeah early 2000s everybody's in their mid-30s rager it's gonna be great it's gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) it ends at 7 30 and we're all hung over the next day That sounds like my kind of night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is. It's a really, it's a really weird, um, really weird weekend for everybody. Yeah. 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 So you got a, do you have a marriage tip? I do. So it is not my tip okay. this week. All um, right. We actually had a listener write in a tip. Oh, okay. Her name is Jessica. She's my new friend. She is actually a fellow true crime podcast host. Oh, cool. Yeah, her um, podcast is called Bad Nerves and Boxed Wine. Oh, that's cool. I know. Isn't that such a cool name? Yeah. <laughs> um, rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, they're super cute. You should check them out. But So, wait. This is How Not to Murder Each Other with the audience of Till Death Do Us Podcast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, her tip this week... And I thought it was perfect and, like, the best tip ever was to always order extra fries. It's true. It's so true. Yep. This is literally, like, an argument we've actually had. had. In the past. <laughs> yeah. And now we always order large fries when we order fries. Yeah. But, yeah. like, now we don't even have to worry right. about that problem anymore. anymore. Yeah. Because, um... One of the problems was is I um, have an addiction to food, and I, like, physically am not capable of having something in my house and not eating eating it. it. Yeah. Like, it would blow my mind when, like, Matt would come home with candy bars, and, like, me and Gavin would eat ours immediately, and Matt would, like, wait. And I was like, what do you you mean you're going to wait? 
And you would be like, I'm going to eat it, you know, I don't want it now. I'm going to savor it for a couple days. And I never understood that. Yeah, not only that, (laughs) but also if I left it in the fridge for more than a day, either you or Gavin would eat it anyway, you jerks. Yeah, I mean, sorry. (laughs) Should have got an extra one. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I thought that was a good tip. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. You know, I think it's just, uh, it's kind of about realizing that you're in a relationship with somebody else, right? Yeah. You're trying not to just... You gotta think about the other person and also the ensuing fight that's gonna happen when the last french fry shows up <laughs> and you're both not fucking stuffed it yet. Really? I think it's just um, an analogy for um, having to now share your life with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they that's in that's in like the Bible, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and thou shalt give the last fry <laughs> unto each other. Yeah. Now and forever. It's funny, though, because, like, in relationships, like, man, when you give me the last bite of something, I get so freaking excited. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, you must love me so much. You just gave me you the last know? bite of that steak. No, do you want to know what the ultimate sign that I love you is? What? It's when I give you the fatty piece of the steak. Oh, it's great. Yeah, that's it. Because, like, I love that piece. Babe. That's my favorite piece of steak. But I know that you don't get to eat it as much anymore. And so I need to give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. Aw. It's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you look like I'd want to give you my fattest steak. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I need you all to bear with me today because Matt and I have swapped uh positions at the computer like chair positions yeah it's so, a little weird so i am actually manning uh the computer right now and i just had a mini panic attack in my brain to double check and make sure it's recording so it is we're good we're fine <laughs> um but our uh printer ran out of ink today and um i completely understand that like i'm single-handedly killing the environment by printing out all of my notes every week uh but my brain just reads better from a piece of paper than it does a computer. So uh, today I'm reading from the computer and, uh, you know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's hmm. uh, going to be a journey. You know what maybe we could do? What? Is the tablet. We have a tablet? We have a Kindle Fire. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want to kill the trees. We could use that for your notes. That's true. It's That's a good, a good idea. idea. Yeah next time we'll try next time yeah or even maybe just emailing it this to myself and reading it on my phone yeah you can i mean because i read stuff on my phone on my kindle and stuff true yeah yeah i'm really glad we're thinking of this after we've already started recording yeah (laughs) no me too (laughs) whatever we'll get there next time but we know now that we don't have to do that right yeah that's true we don't have to kill the planet i'm still gonna go buy ink tomorrow though because yeah we print out stuff for the baby Oh my god, I print out coloring stuff for the baby all the time. Alright, but let's let's take it down. Alright, you wanna take it down? Yeah, let's take it down. Alright. Before we start, I'm gonna have to ask you to remain seated at all times. Why? Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle. What is what is happening? Because this is a bumpy ride. Whoa. What was that? Is it a You've good... never done an intro before. I know, was it a good joke? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I thought of it like 10 I'm, minutes before I'm in the bathroom. In my, yeah, I'm in my seat now. I'm very upright. Right? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready now. All right. I am now. So. I don't la- think I was before that. I I don't think you're ready. All right. So last week, you said that my murder was tame. Yeah. So like, I made sure to bring it. All right. I didn't mean like, it just was more tame than normal. Than the other ones. But it wasn't, though. I feel like I've done other ones that have been very mild. I know. All right. What, what's, what's this? It's a good one. All right. Okay. So today we are talking about Catherine Knight. So this will actually be the first um, the first episode we do that's not in the United States. So she's actually from Australia. Huh. So for my research, I listened to True Crime All the Time, episode 162. I listened to Generation Y, episode 309. I listened to My Gals Morbid, episode 18. Um, I read a lot of stuff on Murderpedia and Wikipedia. As always. And yeah. And then um, 
I had looked for a book on this um, called Bloodstained by Peter Laller, but unfortunately I couldn't find it, which stinks because I really want to read it. So I'm going to try and find it. So Catherine Mary Knight was born October 24th, 1955 in Tenterfield, New South Wales, Australia to Barbara Rowan and Kent Knight. She was actually a fraternal twin. Her sister's name is Joy. Barbara had been married before to Jack Rowan, and in that marriage, she had had four boys. During her marriage, she stepped out on Jack with one of his friends and coworkers, Catherine's father, Kent. Okay. Living in a small town like Aberdeen, an affair of such kind became public scandal. So, like, Catherine's mother, Barbara, was, like, shunned, basically, in this little town. That's awful. So, eventually, when Barbara left Jack and um, decided to be with Kent, she needed to, like, move to a different town. Right, because then people would just be pissed at her all the time. Right, because she cheated on her husband with this guy and had four kids with this guy. Yeah. So eventually, Barbara leaves and goes with Kent, and um, all of her sons actually stay with Jack. So in 1959, Jack actually passed away, and the two younger sons were sent to live with an aunt in Sydney, while the two older sons went to live with Barbara and Kent in Moore. And um, they had two additional children. So Barbara had the four kids with uh, Jack. And then she had four kids with Kent. Holy shit. Two of them being the twins. One of them being Catherine Knight. Fraternal is identical or not? It is not identical. Not identical. Yeah. So this was a very, very, very dysfunctional home. Kent was an alcoholic and was extremely abusive to Barbara. I probably should have put a trigger warning in the beginning, but there is sexual assault. Um, It's good that you're mentioning it now. Yeah. If you need to skip, just skip. Um, So there are claims by the family that he would rape Barbara repeatedly, sometimes even in front of the kids. Wow. Catherine also claims... Why would you leave... Like, you leave your husband for that person? For... Yeah. Like, why would you do that? I know. So Catherine also claims to have been sexually assaulted by her older half-brothers. And considering, like, the example that's being set by their, you know, current stepfather, like, I'm sure... Right. That it doesn't, that doesn't seem like a crazy claim for right, her to like, say. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Please. But she does say that, like, her father, Kent, um, never molested her or anything, so. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's genuine, like, generally the case. Right. When you're raised to see that all the time. time. Yeah. It just, it, it like, flows through you. Right. You just think that's normal. Yeah. In 1969, the family moved back to Aberdeen, which is a town that is very well known for their slaughterhouses. Catherine was a loner and had many issues in school. She is described as a bully that would often terrorize smaller children. She even had aggressive interactions with a few teachers. Wow. So, like, there was one interaction where, like, the teacher actually harmed um, Catherine, very bad, but like it was determined that it was all in self-defense. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. At the age of 15, barely literate, Catherine dropped out of high school to pursue her dream job of working at an abattoir. Abattoir. Abattoir? Abattoir. Abattoir. It's a slaughterhouse. Oh, okay. As sexy as that word sounds. abattoir. Abattoir. (laughs) So this was her dream job. This is also where her father worked. Um, it, I mean, it was just like, that's what everyone did in that town. It was, was just like work a meat, at a slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah. Meat, meat processing and all that. Yeah. Catherine says that she loved her job so much, she decided to, ang- like, she would hang her knives, like, over her bed. She's fucked up already. Like, she She's loved. a 15-year-old that loves to cut up meat. Yeah. She loved her job. When coworkers speak about Catherine, they talk about how she would intentionally prolong the killing of animals. Instead of making it a steady, swift kill, she would nick an artery and just watch the animal slowly bleed out. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, it's weird, right? Because you don't think about that, but like, a slaughterhouse is is a pretty awful place to work if you have like violent tendencies i mean in general right but like if you have like violent tendencies or you know people say that the killing of animals is like a a trigger or a warning right one of the three red flags for serial killers yeah serial killer Mm -hmm. like so you're just you're you're able to work in an environment where like that's completely normalized right 
Right. It's like accepted that you're killing these animals. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's pretty much like her upbringing was just like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. In 1973, Catherine began dating co-worker David Kellett. David was an aggressive alcoholic, just like her father. It is said that trauma that he suffered led to his drinking. Before working at the slaughterhouse, he worked at Coffs Harbor Rail- Railways. He'd actually seen a friend get killed in front of him in a shunting accident. What is that? So, I knew you were going to fucking ask that. <laughs> so, like, I tried to look up what shunting was. And, like, the description it gave me, I didn't quite understand how an accident would then happen. It was, like, um, moving things between railways. I, I thought that it was, like, switching the tracks, you know, with that. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Right? So read the description. I don't know, but the first video that comes up. <laughs> oh, no. What is it? It's called Shunting at Goobang. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, just read the description because I really didn't understand what it was. And I just read it and I was like, oh, your friend must have gotten hit by a fucking train in front of you. Well, so it. I think it's sorting what's going on to a train to to go to somewhere else. So in railway operations, shunting is the process of sorting items of rolling stock into complete trains or the reverse. So like un, uh, unhooking them, also known as switching. So is that like a, attaching I think different it's, cars? Yeah, I think it's like attaching or de- or detaching right. different cars to, to a, a head, the head of a train or the, the tail of a train or whatever. Okay. Like, two part of a train. Okay. Well, so, anyways, like, he, he, got, he saw... He got, he got shunt. Yeah. He, <laughs> so, he saw this happen, this accident happen to his friend, like, right in front of him. It's terrible. He was also present when a train hit a school bus, killing six children. He helped to rescue and remove the bodies of the children. He was let go from this job because of the alcoholism. He caused several derailments after falling asleep on the job while shunting. Holy shit. David was a known fighter, and him and Catherine would often get into fist fights with people together. One day... Definitely a good sign. Yeah, right? Yeah. One day in 1974, Catherine convinced a very intoxicated David to marry her. They rolled up to the ceremony on a motorcycle, and Catherine's mother, Barbara, had some choice words for him. She said, you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing on her or she'll fucking kill you. She's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. And he was all in his drunken glory. And he was like, like, yeah, whatever, lady. Fucking hook it up. (laughs) For better or for worse. For better or worse. (laughs) But with an Australian accent. Yeah. The abuse towards David literally started that night. After consummating the marriage, he awakened. He was awakened by Catherine on top of him, strangling him because she was upset that he didn't perform up to par for her. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's a quick turn. Uh-huh. Yeah, wow. Like, literally hours later, and the abuse just yeah. right into it. Yeah. One night, David arrived home late from a dart competition at a local pub, and a very pregnant Catherine jumped him while he walked inside the house, hitting him over the head with an iron skillet. Why is that funny? It's just a pregnant lady starting starting the fight. <laughs> pregnant ladies start lots of fights. No, I know, but just <laughs> like in an, uh, a well-known abusive environment. Yeah. He was able to drag himself to a neighbor's house where he passed out and they called the police. He was taken to the hospital and treated for a skull fracture. Damn lady hits hard. Yeah. In May of 1976, their daughter Melissa was born. Shortly after, David got tired of the abuse and moved out. Catherine did not take this well. One day, she was seen pushing newborn Melissa down the main street in town and was violently throwing the pram, which is like a stroller, um, from side to side and crashing it into things. Oh, my God. Witnesses called the police, and she was taken and admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth. where they, she. Did they take the kid from her? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Where she was left recovering for several weeks. She was diagnosed with postpartum depression. That, along with upbringing, like, her upbringing, I'm sure desensitized her to any violence. Like, it's a really, it's a really hard situation to think of. Because um, right. you don't want to be like, oh, this was all caused by postpartum depression. God bless you. Thanks. It was so. very unprofessional. Listen, lady. 
Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I was discussing something serious. I know. I just, I had to sneeze. I tried to make um, you don't want to look at this and be like, oh, this is because of the postpartum depression because, um, yeah, no, she had a, it's it, not like she yeah, just she, had a she really had a history and yeah. uh, probably had a chemical imbalance. Right. Again, yeah. it's just a recipe for disaster, everything in her life. So soon after being released from the hospital, she was given back her daughter one day. Really? Yeah, I know. Like really? This was the seventies. Yeah. But seriously, I mean, come on. I know. One day, she walked into town and placed eight-week-old Melissa on the train tracks. If you recall, David had many incidents with trains, so this was, like, literally the worst possible way she could possibly think of hurting David was to put their daughter on the train tracks. Okay. So she then stole an axe from a nearby shop and ran through town threatening to kill several people. Luckily, a man known throughout the town as Old Ted discovered Melissa on the train tracks before the train went by. Good old Ted. Old Ted. Catherine was apprehended and taken back to St. Elmo's Hospital, but she was able to sign herself out the next day. What? Uh Uh-huh. This is stressing me out. This is nothing. Yeah? Uh Uh-huh. This is very stressful. Why? Just, what was wrong with the hospitals in Australia? (laughs) Like... I mean, every, like... I mean, all of Was them. mental health really that big of a thing in 1979? No, but, like, Christ, like... Mm-hmm. The next day, she's fucking strutting around with an axe trying to run over a baby with a train. Mm-hmm. A few days later, Catherine went to a neighbor's house claiming that her daughter was sick and needed a ride to the doctor's. So, I, I'm not sure when... I, I'm not sure when or even if she had had Melissa actually back yet. Um, she does get Melissa back eventually. But so she goes to the neighbor's house and is like, oh, my daughter's sick. I I really need you to take me to the doctor's. Once she's able to convince the lady for a ride, she's like they get in the car and then she slashes her on the face with one of her knives and demands that she drive her into town, into the town Queensland to find uh, David's house. Along the way, Catherine asks the woman to stop at a service station where she intended to kill the mechanic there because he had recently repaired David's car. And Catherine believed it that it was his fault that David was able to get in his car and leave her. Wow, that is a train of thought. Uh-huh. That is, wow, that is like deep-seated, yeah. like, spite. Yeah. Thankfully, the woman was able to escape from Catherine, but then Catherine took a young boy hostage. Police were able to disarm her by throwing brooms at her. <laughs> That's what it said. <laughs> I'm just repeating <laughs> what a couple articles said. <laughs> hey, mate. You got your gun on you? <laughs> ah, no. Forgot it at home. <laughs> got this broom, though. <laughs> All right. Get her! <laughs> I like to... I like to think that it was just one broom. Yeah. That they just kept and then she at just her. dropped the knife. No, they like throw it at her. It's, they don't understand the weight of it. They throw it at her. It like misses. They're like, oh shit. I gotta go fucking pick it up. And they just keep throwing the. Oh man. <laughs> God, that's so terrible. <laughs> that got me so good. That's just, just brooms, man. What? <laughs> Why? So, eventually, she was arrested and admitted to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital, where she um, admitted that she intended to kill David and David's mother. (sighs) For some reason, probably to protect his mother and daughter, David moves back to Aberdeen once she is released from the hospital, and he rekindles his relationship with her. Yeah. (laughs) What? I feel like I'm saying, uh, yeah, a lot in this episode, but I just keep looking at your reaction. There's so much happening. I know. (laughs) There's a lot. But she's still so confused. What? What's confusing? Nothing. Yeah. So she slashed this woman in the face and kidnapped her and then held hostage a young boy and was, uh brooms were thrown at her and then she went to the hospital for a couple weeks and then she came out and it was all good wow 
That's where we're at. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gay. That sure is a wild ride. In March of 1980, they have a second daughter, Natasha. Finally, this tumultu- tumultuous relationship ends. I don't know why I even put that big word in there for me. Like You know that word. You just said it. I said it. Weird. You did it. That's fine. <laughs> Trying to sound all smart and stuff. <laughs> So finally, their relationship ends in 1984, and Catherine moves back in with her parents. In 1986, she meets another man named David. His name is David Saunders, and they begin dating. They move in together very quickly, and basically the pattern of abuse continues. One day, she got so jealous that she picked up David's eight-week-old dingo pup and slit his throat right in front of him. Holy shit. And... He fucking stays with her. What's wrong with him? I, I don't know. I don't know how any of these men. I don't know. I don't know why they stayed. That's that like. Yeah. You killed a part of my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a dog. Like you're going to kill the dog. Mm-hmm. No way. But Bye. I'm sure I'm sure it's very hard, especially in the 70s and 80s, uh, because it's 2020 and it's still hard for people, but for men to admit that they're being abused by their female partner. Sure, but even if, I don't know, like, even if you don't admit abuse, right? You could still leave. Like, fuck that. I'm out. You just yeah. killed my dog. Yeah. Nope. That's a big old nope. Yeah. It's crazy. In 1988, Catherine gave birth to her third daughter, Sarah. In 1989, her and David bought a house together, and she is said to have had very interesting decor. She would have taxidermy animals and their skulls and skins all over the walls, along with rusty animal traps and an abundance of weapons, like knives and swords and machetes and pitchforks. I mean, not for nothing, but, like, sounds like pretty house (laughs) well so (laughs) literally my next bullet i was like this doesn't sound abnormal but it's like because i mean i I mean we have a lot of skulls in our house like yeah i i don't think anything's wrong with that but um i think the abundance that she had yeah yeah so like she literally it covered every inch of her wall like people described that there was no space and she even began putting things on the ceiling because there this was is no a lovely room of death. <laughs> there was no space yeah. left on the wall, so she would hang things on the ceiling. Yeah, like imagine walking in somebody's house and seeing like pitchforks on the ceiling. No, and then knowing that she had like young children. I know. Like that's just was she crazy weird. enough to like hang and shave like Barbie head, Barbie dolls? Wow. She was she that crazy? Wow. Are we gonna go there? <laughs> Well, now I have to explain what you're talking about. Why? You don't. You could just leave it. No. <laughs> so when I was a teenager, guys, uh, I, I might have gone through a little bit of like a gothy, rebellious phase. I mean, I'm still like a fairly dark individual, I think. Yeah. But um, I mean, we are doing this podcast. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually outrightly said this, <laughs> but to piss off my mom... I drew tattoos all over my American Girl doll, and I cut her hair, and I hung her from a noose um, in my bedroom. I don't know why she thought I needed therapy my whole life. (laughs) I also can't wait to get the phone call from her after this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she'll talk about it. Yeah. So that's that reference. Anyways... (laughs) Off the topic of strange and interesting decor in <laughs> homes, you, you jackass. <laughs> uh, you I do. I love you so much. I lost my place, though. Mm, yeah. So this covered all of her house. One night after an argument, Catherine hit David in the face with a hot iron and stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. This finally gave him the kick he needed to leave her, and he essentially went into hiding from her. In 1990, Catherine got pregnant by a former co-worker named John Chillingworth, and they had a son named Eric. There's not much known about their relationship. It lasted for three years before it was discovered that she was having an affair, and he left. Jesus Christ. This woman. I know. The man that she was having an affair with's name was John Charles Thomas Price. 
John was born April 4th, 1955. JCTP. <laughs> that was a reference to the TV show The Goldbergs. <laughs> you picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so John was the father of three kids, two of which lived with him. So he was like single daddy in and up. John was aware of Catherine's violent reputation, but he probably thought that he would be the one to fix her. Mm. In 1995, they moved in together and everything was wonderful. This has been going on for so long. <laughs> so many years. This I woman know. has just been like ruining people. Uh-huh. But again, like I was saying earlier, like, yes, there's all this abuse, but I'm sure that the men were too embarrassed to come forward. Like I said, it's 2020 and men still don't come forward. Like people don't acknowledge that domestic violence can go both ways. Like it's not just men against women. I just, I just don't like, again, I don't, I think you're right, but I don't see like, just fucking leave. Like just go away. Like get away from that person. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But leaving, leaving an abusive relationship is, it's really hard. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, people will condone, you know, a female victim that is too afraid to leave. And it's the same for men. Like, you just have to look at it in the same. Like, and especially if they have children. Like, <clears throat> yeah, you have I can't attach- imagine. You have an attachment there. Right. I can't imagine the man wanting to leave their children with this crazy woman. Like, right. at least. Well, shit, I gotta stay because she's gonna get custody. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, in 1998, Catherine became upset that John did not want to officially get married. In revenge mode, she made a videotape of some expired medical kits that John had taken from his mining job, and she sent the tape to his boss. Although the medical kits were to be discarded because they were past date, his boss still considered this stealing, and he fired John. He had worked there for 17 years. Wow. John went home that day and immediately kicked Catherine out. Good, Good job. A few months later, though, he took her back. Jesus Christ. However, he did refuse to let her, like, move back in for real. Their fights got even more frequent and intense. John lost many friends because they refused to support the relationship. In February of 2000, a series of assaults on John finished one night with Catherine stabbing him in the chest. He was finally fed up. Are you ready? I don't know. It's been a lot. If you have a weak stomach, maybe fast forward this a lot. Okay. On February 29th, leap day. He stopped at the Scone Magistrate's Court on his way into work and took out a restraining order on Catherine. While at work, he told his co-workers he was concerned about her reaction to this and that if he ever goes missing, she killed him. Imagine having to have that conversation with your co-workers. Right. Like, what level of... what Where your life is. That, like, your conversation is seriously like not like in like a <laughs> if i ever go missing for a weekend my wife probably murdered me mm-hmm. <laughs> no like guys if i go missing i just want you to know like co-workers yeah that's serious mm-hmm. what are you doing go away go to america <laughs> go to china anywhere yeah just leave australia yeah leave her john arrived home from work that night and found that Catherine had sent the children away to sleepovers at their friends houses Catherine wasn't home herself, so John went to the next-door neighbor's house to hang out with them for a while and returned to his house around 11 p.m. The next morning, coworkers became concerned when John didn't show up to work that day. They thought about what he had said the day before and immediately called the police to do a welfare check. The police arrived at 8 a.m., broke down the back door, and walked into what is described as the most gruesome scene in Australian history. There was blood everywhere. The altercation began in the bedroom where Catherine attacked John with a knife while he was sleeping. Based on evidence, he put up a fight and there was blood found all over the house as if he were trying to get away. He had even managed to get out the front door and there's blood outside to prove that he got like outside the door, but then he was dragged back into the house where he died in the front hallway with a minimum of 37 stab wounds, Holy shit, many of them extending deep into vital organs. That And that's just the ones they could count. Right. Like, they said that there was probably more, but, like, if you nick in the right, in the same place, like, it, you know. Catherine then left the house, taking John's bank card with her and withdrew $1,000 from his accounts. She went home, and using the skills she had learned throughout her life at the slaughterhouse, 
She skinned John's body in one whole piece and hung it from a metal hook in her lounge room. Oh my god. At first, police thought that it was a wetsuit hanging before noticing that it was human skin. Afterwards, she decapitated him and began cutting off chunks of his flesh. She arranged what remained of his body in a chair with his left arm wrapped around a soft drink bottle and his legs crossed. David's head was discovered in a pot, being warmed on the stove along with a bundle of vegetables. The table was set and Catherine had invited his children over. It was determined that she had planned to feed them with the cut of cuts of flesh that she had taken from David's body. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's, it's also like said that she Hannibal did... Hannibal Lecter shit. Uh-huh. So she's called the Australian Hannibal Lecter. So it's said that um, they believe she did try to eat some of his flesh, um, but it was too thick for her, and she just checked it out, like, in the backyard. Catherine originally planned to plead not guilty due to amnesia and disassociation and was ordered by the judge to undergo a psychiatric assessment. She was found to be sane, but was shown to suffer from borderline personality disorder, which Mm. is, like, not at all the reason that someone kills somebody. I just want to be clear that, like, that just is a show of, like, her personality, not the fact that she's a killer. After the judge gave all 60 jury prospects the opportunity to be excused from the trial because of the nature of the crime, many of them chose to leave. And then one chose to stay, and he, like, the jury was set. And then after they found out, like, more of what they were going to be seeing, they were like, nah, just kidding. Like, Too I don't, much. I, this, yeah. And I mean, even the people. It's, like, traumatizing. Right. Like, you, even from, like, a secondhand perspective. Exactly. Like, many, many of the people involved in this case needed like some serious therapy for a very long time afterward yeah i can only imagine that it's fucking insane the judge adjourned for that day and then the next morning so like after the jury was set he was like adjourned for the day and then the next morning Catherine changed her plea to guilty although she still refuses to accept responsibility for her actions claiming that she doesn't remember any of it on november 8th 2001 she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole the judge marked her papers ne- never. Excuse me, had a little hiccup there. Yeah. The judge marked her papers never to be released. She is held at the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center in New South Wales. I can almost believe that she like blacked out when she did it. I would believe that. Well, so part of the reason why they claim that's not true is because she had the whereabouts to like steal his bank cards and then go drive go, and, go and then go take money take out, money out. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then like go back home and they never found the money they don't know what happened to that thousand dollars that she took out right so like if you have the wherewithal to do that yeah then... yeah probably not i guess right wow yeah that was that was a rough one mm-hmm. yeah like skin suit like ed gain fucking yeah hannibal lecter right well, Ed Gain actually made things out of uh, his skin. He would. Yeah, he just didn't murder anybody, really. Right. Um, Wait, he didn't murder anybody? I think he murdered, like, one person. He mostly dug up corpses. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, no, wow, that was fucked up. She's a crazy lady. I mean, that's what happens when... I mean, it seems like she just had a fucked up life the whole time. Like, right. her life was I just mean, I truly believe. I truly believe in, in um, nurture over nature. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, like... Yeah, it just seems like she was dealt, like, a really shitty hand and just kind of continued that cycle. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and, Jesus, man, that's crazy. She murdered so many things. Yeah. Almost murdered a baby. Yep. I mean, she didn't, I mean, she really only murdered one person and one animal. Well, did Well, she... and all the animals at the slaughterhouse. Right. Oh, right, because the other guys... Were yeah, all the other guys were just leading up to this... Big murder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it just showed her trail of abuse and how she... I just don't understand she... how she... Like, how did she evade jail exactly. that long? Mm-hmm. Like, she did so much stuff. Like, if you kill, If you went out and murdered a dog right now, you would get arrested. Right. You know? Uh, I mean, never mind, like, stabbing actual people. Like, right. why did she not... And this was only 20 years ago. I don't understand how she didn't spend time in jail. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I can understand, I think a lot of the cases, too, of abuse, like, I don't think they ever pressed any charges on her. So there's nothing the police can really do if the victim is like, no, it's cool. Right. 
Like, I know she hit me in the face with a hot iron, but, like, I'm good. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah. Hmm. Which happens, I mean, how often does that happen in any domestic violence case? Yeah, I mean, probably more often than you'd think. Mm-hmm. More often than not. Man, that's... I think more, even more so when a male is the victim. Yeah, right. I think it's crazy the span of time that took. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like 30 years. Yep. Where she just was fucking up people's lives for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Different people's lives. Like, it's not even like it was just like one family and she just like fucked the whole family's life up. Like... Just, what, like four guys? Yeah. Lives just totally fucked. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Just the ones we know about. Right. Yeah, right. And there could be other ones. Right. Who knows? Wow. Yeah. Good one. Was that, um... Yeah. Was, yep. Was that less tame for you? Was that yeah, good? I didn't... <laughs> I didn't mean to insinuate the other murder was less bad. <laughs> you were like, oh, it was just that uh, one-off murder. It you just... Know? Well, it just, all he did just, was... All he did was, you know, kill her and bury her. Like, what What of it? I didn't mean it like that. Just, <laughs> he seemed less crazy than all the other people we've talked about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he Well, seemed... I think it's pretty fucking crazy if you join the search party for your, the wife you murdered. Well, like, it's, he seemed crazy at that point, yeah. right? But, like, I feel like all the other people, there was, like, this long trail of craziness. Yeah, yeah, Where, yeah. like, you didn't really figure out why he was crazy till the end. Right. You know what I mean? Like, where it was like, oh, shit. He when you found out he was lying about, about everything. everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? This one was like a fucking. Yeah, you all knew to, she was crazy. Yeah, rocket ship to murder town. <laughs> fucking strapped in at the beginning of that shit and yeah. fucking shot over murder town, went to serial killer town. Yeah. Scared. Don't murder me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no history of violence. Yeah, it's true. Just because I hang dolls in my bedroom by nudes. <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Even I never did anything like that in my, like, oh emo my goth phase. With my black nail polish and black lipstick and giant ass parachute pants with straps all over them from Hot Topic. Yeah, I, I, I wore nail polish for, like, a week. Yeah. I wore black nail polish, and it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Like, I try, I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking gotta paint my nails black. I'm that guy. And well. Just, like, after a week, I was like, I don't ever, why do I, I don't ever want to do this ever again. <laughs> So I do, I do feel like I'm still like that person. Like I love the shit out of black nail polish if I could wear it at my job and like, um. Which doesn't let you wear black nail polish? I've never said where I work. Oh shit. (laughs) I'm probably actually going to edit that out. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Understandable. Um. Wait, but so you can't? I can't wear nail polish at my job. At all? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's health code. That would explain Health code violation. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would totally rock black nail polish and like, I do, I still feel like I have like that punk inside of me, but like the worst part of all of this is like, I encourage my child to be like out there and like, he doesn't want to like his rebelling against me is not rebelling. Is normalcy. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? You know, what's going to suck is when Grayson gets older and he has both of the Cause like we both have it. Ugh, Cause God I had damn it. it. He's gonna be the worst. That sucks. Yeah, it does. He's gonna be the most normal kid ever. Yeah, God. it's gonna be great. Yeah. Yep. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm st- I'm like Gavin. When are you like? What do you want for a tattoo when you get older? Like you want some tattoos? Like I'll let you. Like do you want to get piercings before you're 18? Like I'll take you. It's fine. And he's like, no. Yeah. See, but that's you're doing it wrong. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, you're making it seem cool. You're his mom. But I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. That's what all the moms say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you have a cheers this week? Yeah, you have to go first, though. Why do I have to go first? Because I went first last week. Did you? I did. All right. I'm going to cheers myself this week. Oh, I don't do you. this often. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I wrote that stupid little jingle, and I'm really proud of it. You should be. Yeah. Did you put it on our group page? No. Why? Do it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this uh, video game board game creator that I really like named Ed McMillan, and he's coming out with a new board game Mm -hmm. called Tapeworm, and uh, there's like a contest slash community event happening around the Kickstarter, and one of the goals is to write a jingle for the game, Mm -hmm. and... I fucking... I've said so many times before that you should write jingles. I know. And so I wrote a jingle for the game. 
And uh, I don't know, I'm really proud of it. And so that yeah. made me feel good. This it's week. hysterical. Wait till you guys see it on yeah. the group page. It's it's so it, funny. It's okay. But I thought it was funny and it made me feel really good to get, get yeah. it done. Good. That was a yeah. good toast. Cheers. Yeah. So my toast this week is... um To tweezers? Are you fucking bringing everything up right now? <laughs> is this marriage counseling? Like, what is happening right now? I love you so much. <laughs> I'm just going to put out there. You know what? I have another tip this week, okay? Oh, God. My tip with Michelle Murray this week is going to be don't steal your wife's tweezers in the middle of a fucking pandemic when she can't go get them waxed. Why would you do that? <laughs> when you can't get your tweezers waxed? When I can't get my eyebrows waxed because we're in a pandemic and you steal my tweezers and lose them. And I understand that it was really Gavin who stole the tweezers. <laughs> and I apologized for it. You did. It was very big of you. Anyways, what was yours? My mom said to me the other day that sometimes we go off on tangents. And I was like, no, we don't. And now here we are in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what we do. It's fine. It's part of the charm. I don't Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. So what were you going to say, though? so uh my toast is actually gonna be um i guess to like a little bit myself a little bit to my sister so um she recently became a consultant for the usborn books which is like kids books and um i am now getting roped in with her as a consultant but like in a positive way like i'm actually really excited about it um you know i don't normally I, I normally can't stand, like, you know, multi-level marketing and shit like that. You but, mean um, pyramid schemes. I was trying to uh, put a positive spin on it. I, I mean, it, it's what it is. Yeah. But so, like, you know. There's just some are more beneficial than others. Right. Well, so, like, neither of us are doing this to, like, earn money. Like, I'm not planning this to be an income. I'm doing it to get free books for my kids. Right. And, um, you know, same with her. And, like, I'm really excited about getting all the books and you know my attempt at homeschooling my children has been a very rocky road so um i I feel like you're doing pretty good i mean that is very nice of you (laughs) it's tough with gavin because he's in seventh grade yeah you know i mean that's a lot harder to homeschool but i feel like you do good with gray you know like we do counting stuff all the time and like i feel like we we're not like sitting there and teaching him something i mean sometimes you'll bust out like the the letter, the number cookies or whatever. Yeah. But I think most of the time, it's just like when he's trying to learn something. Right. Or like, you know, you engage him when he's actively, you know, he'll point at something and you're like, that's the globe. You know what I mean? Like, there's the globe. And then, you know, you try to get him to say it. And you just, it's just point of reference. Yeah. You know what I mean? You well, try to get but... him to recognize things, letters and numbers. Thank and you. <laughs> Thank you. I feel you. like you do a really good job. Shut up. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but the resources that, like, this company provides, I think, will be very beneficial. And, um, like, ignoring all of that, I'm just pretty excited to go into something, like, with my sister. Yeah, Because cool. um, as most siblings who are so close in age, like, you go through times where, like, you can't fucking stand your sibling because um, you're so close in age. And it's just really hard. But being adults and, you know, now we have kids the same age and um, you get to be closer with your siblings as you get older. And um, I think we're just really finding that and it's really cool. And I'm glad to, you know, be going through this with her and uh, getting free shit for my kids. Yeah. They also had um, they had a book on uh, forensic science. Oh, it said young teen. But I was like, that's me. And (laughs) I ordered that book. I can't wait. Just so you know, though, there isn't an age restriction on not liking your siblings. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, me and my sister are six years apart, and we went through that. I used to have to pay her, like, a dollar to sit at the top of my stairs and stop talking, and then she, it, my parents made me, like, make it timed, and so it would be, like, five minutes she would have to sit up there, and I'd give her a dollar, and she would sit up at the top of the stairs and wait for the timer to go off, and, like, literally as soon as the timer went off, she'd yeah. run back down. Well, you don't understand, you don't understand, because you're an older sibling, right. where, like, I was a younger sibling, so, right. like, I just adored my older sister, but, like, I was such an asshole kid that, like, <laughs> I mean, I understand. <laughs> I really was such an asshole. Oh, my God. Well... We've all come a long way. <laughs> we all, we were all asshole kids at one point. 
Anyway, well, so um, we still get the merch up. Um, yes, we have merch. You know, uh, don't feel obligated to buy it, um, but it's there and there'll be more stuff coming. Yeah. Um, I actually think it might be uh, possibly Patreon time, maybe. Possibly. Um, Podbean, actually. Podbean is the, um, you know, what we go through. How we host our podcast. Yeah. Um, that. Um, <laughs> but so they also have a, um, a patron, you know, aspect of their stuff. I don't know words I'm supposed to. I don't know terminology. <laughs> I don't, I don't know all this big stuff. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> they, they, they have like a Patreon like support page. Exactly. Yeah, so sure. I think I, I think, um, I think it might be time to do that. I might consider doing that. Yeah. So look so, out yeah. for that. You know, we'll, we'll announce more details. Um, kind of as we get rolling with that mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll even take suggestions for that, see mm-hmm. what you guys like for tears or whatnot. Uh, if we get there, um, you know, we are available on all the major streaming networks. It's true. Yep. All of them. All, just kidding. One. Not Twitter. I don't know how to use that. I'm really old. Twitter's, Twitter's not a streaming network. Oh, damn it. Yeah. I thought we were talking about social media. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can get us a Twitter if you guys really want, but I feel like Instagram and Facebook is pretty good. Um, it's what most people use most of the time. So I feel like that's okay for us. Um, but yeah, we're, we're available on all the major streaming networks, uh, Spotify, Google play music, Apple podcasts, uh, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff on Apple podcasts. If you guys could rate and subscribe, that would Mm -hmm. be wonderful. Subscribe everywhere. Please do it. Um, I think maybe we might start reading, uh, reviews on air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why not? Okay. That'd be be cool. Um, I also, like, send your tips. I'll totally read your tips in the beginning and give you some shout-outs. As we did tonight. Exactly. Yeah, so you can email us at tilldeathdoespodcast at gmail.com, or you can, uh, like Jennifer did tonight, right? Jessica. Jessica did tonight? Yeah. I'm sorry, that's terrible. I didn't know your name, and I'm sorry. You're a bad person. I am. I'm terrible. Jessica, as Jessica did tonight... um, you know, and we'll message read it on us, there. Yeah, message, message us on Facebook. Facebook, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, that was a solid episode. Did you have a good time? I did have a good time. Good. Yeah. Well, we're going to close it out here, I think. It's another great episode. And I just want to remind everybody, hey, don't murder each other. Bye. Bye.